Hello. Oh, I'm on. Um, you guys are in school, hey? Oh, yeah, no, I see. Good one. You're not in school, you're at youth. Um, but you go to school at some point during the week? Okay, anyway, you go to school, right? And at school, you do assignments and stuff, yeah? Oh, what do you guys do? Like, you go to school and you do assignments. I'm not doing this crowd feedback thing anymore. You guys just are rubbish at it. You guys go to school and you do assignments. Have any of you ever used the printer as an excuse? Yeah. How many? Okay, 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 okay. Again, crowd feedback, terrible idea. Um, have any of you actually had problems with the printer? Why do I keep asking you guys questions? All right, that's cool. Well, I'm only saying that because at school I did the same thing. I used the printer excuse heaps. I'd come to school um, and there'd be an assignment that I had for like half a year. And then I'd go, look, the printer didn't work this morning. And like, I thought that was a foolproof excuse. Like, I had finished it and I couldn't print it off. What are you going to do? And then he just goes, you've had it for six months. Why didn't you print it off yesterday? And I'll just stand there and just go, I don't know, who does that? Who hands in assignments early? Um, But again, the reason I'm telling you all this is because today I had one of those moments, um, and it was with this talk actually, and I had to go to three different houses before I could get it printed off. Um, It's not that a cool story, I'm just saying it because I was getting organized. And, ready? The story just gets even better. Does your Bible do this? Mine does, and it means that it's too big for the stand. So I'm going to chuck it down there. Um, and so that's, that's how I do. Okay, who here has heard this passage before? Who here has heard um, the Jesus temptation story? I keep asking you guys questions. I should have learned from my early mistake. But you're getting better. Good on you. Yep, you've all heard it before. Um, if you hadn't, it's a pretty like, I don't know, it's one of those passages that people just seem to know, whether you're Christian or not, or you've been around church or not. It's one of those things that you've heard before. Um, uh, Yeah, it's just one of those stories that people seem to know. Um, Now, I want to take you through this story today, and I want to show you through this story how good God is and what exactly it was Jesus was doing for us when he came to earth to save us and how he did that. Um, that's my big uh, point that I want to show you tonight. Um, I hope I can show it to you. Uh, because I think the problem that people have when they think of God is that they imagine Him. They might not say it outright, but they imagine that He is like like a bad boss. Does any of you guys work? Again, I keep asking you questions. I'm going to stop that. Okay. Some of you work. You're pretty young. I didn't get a job till I was in year 11 or 12. Um, I just lived life to the fullest. No, I didn't really. I was lazy. Um, but some of you have a job. Some of you have bosses. Some of you had bad bosses. Um, I could have asked if you had bad bosses, but I didn't. Some of you have terrible bosses. I've had a few bad bosses in my time. Um, the ones that, that will like rock up to work with you, often late. I'm working with one right now, and we start... Curtis, where is he? Yeah, Curtis... What? Okay, so 
We've got a boss and we, we work early morning, like six to nine, early in the morning, cleaning a restaurant. And our boss hasn't been earlier than 15 minutes late. Every single day without fail, we will arrive at six on time and he will get there anywhere between quarter past six and 6.30. No apologies. No, sorry, boys, I'm late again. Or excuses. Just like a little beep of the horn. Let's get going. And it's pretty annoying. Anyway, um, other bosses, when they come late or they, even if they're on time, they like to stand back on their phone and they just talk on their phone. You'll get this a lot more as you get older. They'll just be on their phone talking to, I don't know who. I don't know how many people they need to talk to while they're working, but I'm doing all their work and they're just on their phone talking to clients or whatever. I don't know. They're not doing any work. I'll tell you that much. Um, or the other boss that I've had who has trained for a long, long time and is really good at doing a particular thing. And I've obviously just started. I'm like straight out of school and I'm not very good at it. I think I'm pretty good, but I'm not very good. And he'll stand there like not doing a thing. And then, oh, and then all of a sudden he'll like go, no, stop, stand back. Here's how you do it. Do it for like two seconds. Do it perfectly and then just go do that. And then you try it, you stuff it up, and he just goes, you're an idiot. Why can't you do that like me? And in my head, I'm like, you've been doing this for 60 years. Like, you've done nothing else your whole life. It's just mowing lawns. How hard is it really? Um, so you've got lots of bad bosses. And I think people see God in this kind of way. Like, he's there. He's up there. Um, he says he loves us, but he likes to stand back and tell us what to do. And when we fail get angry at us, um, blame us for the things that go wrong. He doesn't really share much with us. Um, I want to show you through this passage how, um, show you with this passage how God is not like that at all. Um, But I'll get to that later. That's my big point. I'll show that to you at the end. Um, Before I do, there's another thing that we see throughout this passage that's, I think, important, like really important for Christians to see. Um, Throughout this passage of Satan tempting Jesus, we get a good picture of what it looks like to be tempted. Um, because you've got Satan like tempting Jesus, God. Like surely, surely Satan's going to be bringing his A-game. Like you should be able to see quite clearly what it looks like to be tempted. Um, so we'll have a look. I'll take you through this passage again at the places where Satan tempts Jesus. We'll have a look at each one of them. And see what's going on there. So you've got Satan rocks along and he's got like three shots at Jesus. He has three little goes. First one, where are we? Um, devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus is all like, no, nope, not going to do it. Um, second one, after that didn't work. Uh, to you, Jesus, I will give all authority and glory of the world, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you worship me, I'll give it all to you. Sorry. And Jesus is like, no, no deal, not taking that either. And then the last one, if you are the son of God, he takes him up onto a big um, tower or whatever. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. All he's saying is there, Jesus, throw yourself down from here because it says in the Bible that your angels will protect you. Um, that's true. That's say that. And then Jesus is all like, no, nah, 
don't do it, I'm not doing it. Um, and then at the end, verse 13, last verse, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. Um, that's, that's it. That's, that's Satan's like A-game there. Those, he tried three things that were weird. I don't know if you picked that up. I, didn't, I wouldn't have done that. They were weird, like, I don't know. That was strange. He tried them. They didn't work. There were only three of them, and then he left. After saying, I've tried everything I can do. Like, this is Satan. And he's going, this is the best I've got. And he gets out of there. Um, like, you would think with Satan, like for Satan, making Jesus sin is probably the biggest achievement that he could possibly attain. Jesus has come down to earth to save all of mankind. The only way he can do that is if he's perfect. So Satan goes, sick, I've got an opportunity to try and get Jesus to sin because if I do that, then the whole world is stuffed. So like, this is, I don't know, this is almost like a grand final for Satan or something. Like he, you would expect him to be doing his best stuff here with Jesus right now. Um, but all, he's, all he does is those, I don't know, three little things. It feels to me, I don't know if you feel this, but it's a little underwhelming. Um, and you're sort of just like, really, Satan? Was that, was that all you could do? Like, if you were given the task of tempting Jesus, I don't know why you'd ever want to do that, but let's just say you were given that and you did want to do it. Um, if, you, if I told you, I'll give you 100 bucks if you can tempt Jesus, okay? And you're... In year seven, you're like, a hundred bucks, I can buy a house. Um, so you give it a go. What are you trying to do? What, what would you, and I will ask for crowd participation right now. So hand up, what would you try to do? I'll give you 10 seconds and then I'll just answer it myself. <laughs> cool. It's weird when I ask you to just do it by yourself. No one wants to have a go. So here's what I do. Wait, is that a hand? Go. Okay, if you're going to answer a question, make sure you've been listening to the following up part. Here's what I would do. If I had to make... Oh, we've got... Okay. Yes. Oh, here we go. Okay, no more crab participation. Here's what I would do... And not, no more. Here's what I would do if I was told that I needed to tempt someone. Jesus, anyone. Here's what I'd do, Okay. And like, I'd make no excuses for this, but I would line up a bunch of bikini models, okay, in front of Jesus, and I would just watch Jesus to see if he looks or stares heaps long, and I'd be like, gotcha! Um, that's one, okay? Or, or I'd go for the G-rated version, and I'd probably just punch him in the face and see what he does. If he doesn't turn his other cheek... I'll, no, if, yeah, if he doesn't turn his other cheek, then I'll be like, gotcha. If he does, I'll hit that and then see what he does after that. That's second one. Third one, has anyone played that card game called Cheat? You're like, okay, I'd play that with him because he would have to suck if he is doing it properly. Or Mafia. Does anyone know how to play Mafia? Okay, for those who don't know these card games, they're just going, what? Anyway, these are card games where you have to lie to like win. And particularly Mafia. If he played Mafia and didn't lie, he would suck. He'd just be like, I'm Mafia, guys. I'm sorry about that. Um, game over, I guess. 
I'd, like, I'd do stuff. Now, Satan doesn't do any of those things. <laughs> What's up with that? Um, is he just having a bad day? Is he just got like no idea about how to tempt people? Do any of you think that might be the case? Okay, no more crab participation. No, I don't think so. This is like we're talking about Satan. He's no fool. He knows what he's doing. Um, I think we need to dig a little bit deeper. Um, like it can't, there can't be, um, it can't just be that turning rocks into bread is heap sinful. There's got to be something more to it. Um, so look through, we'll look through all the different like temptations again and see if you can find like a common theme with them. The first one, we know that Jesus has gone into the desert and he's hungry, okay? He's been there 40 days without food and Satan here is offering, offering him the opportunity to get himself some food. Um, the third one, Satan is offering Jesus, who is stuck in the wilderness by himself, all power and authority over the whole world. Um, and the third one, um, Satan is saying to Jesus, if you, if you so much as do anything, um, you can call on your father, call on your angels. Like, so when I say anything, anything like bad happens. Call on your father, call on your angels. They'll come rescue you. They'll come keep you safe. And Satan's asking him to do each of these things. Now, the common theme, I don't know if you picked it up, um, but Satan seems to be doing his best to take away Jesus' suffering. That's what Satan's doing here. He's trying to take away Jesus' suffering. He's trying to make Jesus as comfortable as possible. Um, now, that may seem a bit weird to you. That doesn't strike me as something that Satan would do. Isn't everything from Satan bad? Why is he trying to make Jesus comfortable? He's like, is Satan Jesus' mate all of a sudden? Um, like, you're probably just scratching your head going, Satan, you're an idiot. Um, giving Jesus power and dominion over the whole world is exactly what Jesus wants, isn't it? And then you look at Jesus and you're probably going, Jesus, you're an idiot. Why wouldn't you just say, yes, I will have all power and dominion over the world. Thank you, Satan. And just move on. Um, I think you, if you're thinking like that, you've partially missed what it is that Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't just come down to um, sit on a throne over the top of the whole world and just tell people what to do. Um, he didn't just come down to use his powers to make people do what he wants to do, to listen to him. Um, Jesus came down to do a whole lot more and in a very different way. If that's what Jesus wanted to do, he would have just been born in a palace with servants and have lots of money. Instead, Jesus was born in a manger, like with farm people surrounded in farm with cows and farms aren't cool. Um, so Jesus is doing something very different. Jesus didn't come down to rule like a king in the way we think about it. Rather, he came down to suffer and be killed to bring us salvation. Um, so in doing that, in suffering and being in pain and dying eventually, that's how he brings about our salvation. Of course, Satan is going to be going, I don't want Jesus to suffer. Because when Jesus suffers, um, 
suffers for our sake, he's won. That's how he brings about our salvation. So Satan's number one goal is to take away Jesus' suffering um, because it is only through Jesus' suffering that we receive life. Um, so that's, that's what's going on here for Jesus. Um, that's what like the interplay is between Satan and Jesus. Uh, so you can sort of see how subtle and tricky Satan actually is. Like he's not straight up the way I would be and just line up a bunch of like bikini models or something. Um, he's much smarter than that because um, on the surface, the stuff doesn't actually seem that bad. And it's only when you start to dig deeper, you actually see what Satan's trying to do. Um, but that all aside, what is temptation going to look like for us? Um, because Satan isn't going to come up to us and ask us to turn rocks into bread. That just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened to me. Um, and I couldn't do it if he'd asked me. So um, what's he doing? What's he doing here? Similar to the way that Satan's trying to take away Jesus' suffering, um, Satan will do that same thing with us. Um, he, will, he will work hard to provide us with an easy option in life. He will always be giving us an easy way out, um, the comfortable choice, the easy choice. Just like he, that's what he was doing when he was tempting Jesus. He was giving Jesus the easy way out. Um, we, we're given the choice and we can choose the comfortable option and it might not necessarily straight up oppose God. I'll explain what I mean in a second. But that comfortable choice might not be directly against God. Like, um, I don't know, like murder? I'm just going to use a hectic example. But like, um, the comfortable option is never going to be killing someone. Um, it's not going to be that black and white. But it's definitely not going to be with God's will in mind. That's why it's so dangerous. Let me give you some examples. Um, here, yeah, so here's a way in which a comfortable option might appeal to us. I have always thought church is boring when I was younger. Um, I've always just, like, yeah, church is poo. Let's just stay, stay with that. Um, so I've always been like, church is crap, this sucks. Um, surf is good. The surf is really good. Now, I'm a Christian, okay? I, I believe in Jesus. I know he's real. I know he died for my sins. Um, I'm really tired this week. If I fall asleep in church, will that be disrespectful? Yeah, I think so. You know what? I'm going to have a sleep in. I'll just miss it this one week. Go for a surf. What could possibly go wrong? Can you see, do you see what's going on there? You've been given two options. One's go to church. One's sleep in. One's easier than the other. Okay? If you sleep in, it's not like you're... Um, I don't know, you're not, you're not going, I don't believe in Jesus anymore, I don't want to be a Christian. That's not what's going on. It's not that black and white, which is why those sorts of decisions are really dangerous. I'll give you another one. Um, at school, my mates loved to bag me out for being a Christian. I got like, I don't know even what they called me, and it was probably too rude. Um, Jesus boy was heaps funny. Anyway, um, so, you know, you might cop that a little bit as well. Now, what you might be tempted to do is go, I'm a Christian. I know I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. My friends know that. But I'm sick of them teasing me about this all the time. I just want to have, I just want to go through school like everyone else. 
Um, have fun like they do. I'm sick of sitting at home while they're out partying. Um, I'll just go to the parties. I won't get drunk. I won't, like, won't do heaps of bad stuff. Maybe drink a little bit. I'm not 18, but who cares? Um, again, you've got the two options there. One is to stick out as a Christian. One is to go, no, I am going to follow God, God's will. Um, whatever he says is what I'm going to do. Um, and the other one is still I'm a Christian, but you're taking the easy option out. You're taking the comfortable decision. They're the kind of things that confront us, I reckon, each day. And they're far more dangerous and subtle than you black and white, this is sin, this isn't sin, do I do that, do I not do that? Um, you really need to watch out for it. Um, Jesus promised you in the Bible that a life for him is going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. There's a danger in thinking, now I'm a Christian. Jesus wants me to be happy in this life. He wants me to um, be wealthy in this life. He wants me to have a good time in this life. He does want to bring you joy, but different from the one you're probably thinking about. Um, He asked you to deny yourself and follow him. Now, that's a tough call. Um, It's not easy. And each day, you're going to have to wake up and deny yourself for God's sake. Um, So you're probably sitting there asking, going, okay, so I know now what temptation is going to look like. How do I avoid it? Um, Well, look at how Jesus avoided it. Look how Jesus went against it. If Jesus did something one way, then surely I should copy off that. What are all his responses to Satan? Um, I'll just go through responses. You already know what Satan says. Um, Where are we? There we go. Verse 4, this is to the bread thing. Jesus answered him, It is written, men shall not live by bread alone. Okay, next one. Jesus answered him, It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Look at the last one. Jesus answered him, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, did you see like a word that sort of repeated itself a couple of times? It is written. It is written. It seems like Jesus' answers to all Satan's temptations and trials are from Scripture, from the Bible. Now, what this tells me is that the best way to know temptation and know how to fight temptation and identify it, is to know God's Word and God's will for you. Um, So I guess, long story short, read your Bibles. Get stuck into your Bibles. If you want to get rid of sin, if you want to fight temptation, know God's will for you and how He wants you to live. And you do that by reading the Bible. Um, Now, it's not a magic trick. It's not like as soon as you read the Bible boom, temptation disappears and you're a perfect person, you will invariably, I don't know if you know that word, but you will eventually stuff up. You will always stuff up throughout your life. The Bible knows that. The Bible tells you that. We are sinful people and we're always going to stuff up. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much we want to be good, that's just what's going to happen. So what is the point of what Jesus is doing here? Um, Now, that brings me back to that big point that I wanted to show you um, from the beginning. You see, and this is like, this is the big take-home point. So if you haven't listened, listen to this. 
Jesus endured the trials and temptations, not just as an example to us, but rather he did it on our behalf because we didn't or could not. Um, How do we know that? How do we know it wasn't just, I don't know, an example? Um, Look at the first verse. I'll read it out for you. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Um, There's not much there, but you see that... um, Hang on, I'll continue on to verse 2. Scrap that. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Um, It seems that Jesus purposefully went into the wilderness to be tempted. This wasn't an accident that he ran into Satan. They were both just walking through the wilderness and he's like, whoo, I'm going to give that a go. It was like Jesus went there intentionally to, to be tempted, to be trialed. Um, why did he do that? Um, he did it because he came down to save us because we couldn't face up to the temptations and the trials. We keep stuffing up. God's standard for us I don't know if you've heard this throughout youth before, but God's standard for us is perfection. God demands that, you know, we live a perfect life if we are to be able to be with Him, but we can't. We keep stuffing up. We do it over and over again. So Jesus came down to live the life that we couldn't live. Um, He did that and He faced the trials and the temptations like we would so that He could... um, have faced that, have defeated that, and then eventually, on the cross, we'll trade places with Him. He will get our sin, um, our constant stuffing up in the face of temptation, and what we'll get is Jesus' perfection, where Jesus stood up against trials and temptations and beat it. That's what we'll get. Um, And so when God looks at us, He sees Jesus' perfection, now, I just want to share with you a little problem that I had when I first read this. So I don't know if I'm going too long here, but please keep trying to listen. Um, the little problem I had when I first read this is I'm like, yeah, sure, Jesus faced temptation, but wasn't he perfect? Wasn't he God? Um, like he was, I never thought that Jesus was ever going to sin. When I read this, no part of me is going, oh man, what's Jesus going to do next? Like, he's God. He's got... None of our faults, none of our weaknesses. He doesn't, he is God. Like he's never going to sin. So surely it's not quite the same. Uh, And this, this is when we come up with that image that I was talking about at the start, where God's that rubbish boss who sits up in the clouds, um, who's done it right himself, and then looks down on us to say like, you're, you're crap. You know, come on, just pick up your game. What are you doing? Um... That's where we get that image from. And what I want to tell you is that Jesus, in fact, is in fact the exact opposite of that. Um, Jesus had all of our weaknesses. Jesus had the same, yeah, same weaknesses that we have, but he didn't have any of our faults. This encounter with Satan that Jesus had wasn't a walk in the park, um, he still had to fight the temptation and fight the trials. Um, this wasn't an act where he goes, look how good I am, everyone. You try to be like that. What he's done is he, 
He's gone, you guys, you can't do that. I'm going to go do this for you. And he had to go and fight the, the trials, the temptations for us um, so that one day, like I said before, we can switch places. We can have his perfection um, and we can stand before God and when he looks upon us, he sees Jesus. Now, this is great news for me because it means that I know that God knows our weaknesses because he experienced them. He felt the things that we felt. Um, he battled with them but was without fault. Um, I want to try and show you an illustration to sort of sum up the big picture of what I'm trying to, like, trying to show you. What Jesus did is almost as if um, you've got a general of an army. Now, where do, what do generals normally do if you know your, your arminess? What do generals normally do when a battle's going on? They sit in the giant room with the table. It's actually a map pushing around little pieces with the sticks and the flat bits on the end, okay? Basically playing a big game of chess. And when someone outside actually kills someone, they just knock over a piece. Okay, that's what generals normally do. Now, it's almost as if um, instead of this general sitting in his tent, this general's come down into the trenches with us, not just to fight alongside us but to fight for us because we kept getting beat he came down and didn't just go all right let's go see if we can do this together he came down and he said i'll do it for you and he and he won he was victorious and then he came back and instead of going i'm the best you guys suck one day what he did was he shared his victory with us that's the same deal what we've got we've got i know it was bad english that's exactly what's going on with God here. He has come down into the trenches with us and fought the fight that we could not. And when he won, he came back and he shared that victory with us so that one day we might know God. So that one day we might go and be with God. Because when God looks at us, he sees Jesus' perfection and not our imperfection. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much... That's all I've got to say. But I just want to leave you with a few little application things to take home with you. Um, what do you get from all this? I have just told you what you get from all this. But to summarize, um, make sure you're reading your Bibles. Um, if, you're, if you're keen to fight sin in your life, to fight temptations, make sure you're reading your Bibles and you know God's will for you. Um, but in the end... You need to know that Jesus did it for you because you kept stuffing up. And you need to trust in what he did, trust that he was perfect, and trust that his actions meant that before God you are clean, you are perfect. And that'll just make you love God heaps. Um, I'm going to pray now and finish. Coolios. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are a caring, kind, loving God that doesn't sit back and watch us fail, Lord, but you came down and you fought our fight for us, Lord. I pray that you will um, help us to know this and remember this all the time and trust in what you did for us. And I pray that um, the day will come soon when we get to go be with you. Amen.